podcast created by friends with friends for friends. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. Another episode of the best podcast. It is your host, Dan Morse. Shawnee O is actually, well, Shawnee O is not with us today. Shawnee O is actually up in Canada. Um, I don't really know what he's doing. I really don't know what people do when they go visit Canada or spend time up there, but have no fear. Um, believe it or not, we actually have the Cambodian prince himself. Sopi Priyap is with us. He is going to take over. Uh, so I have no idea where the hell this one is going to go. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Sopi, what's up, man? Not much. Um, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do to, to mm-hmm. fill Sean's big or maybe average size Canadian shoes, but uh, I'll definitely do my best. Big Canadian shoes. That's right, dude. <laughs> Um, have you ever been to Canada? I have not. I, I would imagine it's something like New Hampshire, um, but I have no idea. Thoughts? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. I've never been. Uh, I mean, Sean, did, Sean is Canadian. Did you know that? I didn't. I could see it in him. Um, totally. I, I meant to ask you if he's French-Canadian or if he speaks French. I could uh, I bet he's... I could see him having a little wee-wee, if you know what I mean. He, he definitely has a little wee-wee. Um <laughs> But as far as like what he speaks, obviously he speaks English first. Well, he tries to speak English first. I think he speaks like he can probably speak some French. I wouldn't be surprised. We'll have to we'll tackle that at some point this week when he comes back and tells us about his trip. Um, but anyway, speaking of uh, other places and, and other uh, ethnic cultures and their celebrations, at the time of this recording, man, it is. It is St. Patrick's Day weekend, 2019. Um, how was your St. Patrick's Day weekend, Sophie? Uh, honestly, just like any other weekend because mm-hmm. I'm Cambodian, so it really has no oh, effect on me. You? Uh, no, I'm not Cambodian. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day? You don't go out and get wasted? It's been a few years since the last time I did that, and honestly, Same. it was it was pretty brutal. I feel like I was there with you, but just, probably. I don't know. Same, the, man. The whole... Yeah, going to going into Boston, which is probably the, the closest, most Irish. Yeah. By the way, you ever you ever been to Boston? We Ari and I went on a pub crawl once, but I don't think it was on St. Patrick's Day. It was like, mm, maybe it was. I don't know. It was okay, but dude, I, like I went on Twitter this morning. There was some some account posted. Dude, there was like a fucking. There's like a half a mile long line at like nine a.m. to get it to to get into some bar in Southie. And it's just like that's insane to me. It's it, it, you know what I mean. It's like honestly, like I I didn't. I was hoping you could maybe uh you know fill in with some stories, but you know we didn't. You know we spent yesterday. We went to Target, bought like freaking. Uh, we bought a bassinet and some shit for the baby. And today I just hung out with my dog. So I really kind of took St. Patrick's Day off this year. Um, but it's just one of those weird holidays, man, where it's like. It, it, it it's like almost the event is like too big. It's like you're gonna go to a bar. It's loud with bagpipe music playing and people elbow to elbow hammered at 10 a.m. I don't know, man. It's just like, like that's just never been my thing going out where it's almost like too busy to be sociable. You know what I mean? I, I agree. The um, the only thing that uh, of recent memory that I can really compare it to is when I went to a Patriots parade. And <clears throat> for anyone who's been to those St. Patrick's Day parades, first of all, it's still in the middle of March. So I don't fully get how people are in the mood to just 
party their asses off and be drinking outside, going to the parade. Yep, good um, point. I, I can vividly remember when I went probably about five years ago, and number one, it was cold. Number two, I was stuck um, on the duty of, like, holding a 30 rack. So literally the, wow. the handle of the carton was... <clears throat> like digging itself into my hand and we're just yeah standing shoulder to shoulder can barely move um the last um i'm uh, at that point is really drinking because it's on a sunday so that's what i really don't understand is the people who are doing this are they just getting hammered at 10 11 in the morning and then passing out around four or five and then calling it a day because yeah. I, I would need the next day to be another weekend day well for, remember for it's it's not always on a sunday i mean it's march 17th <clears throat> Every year. Right. It just seems weird, like, yeah, that, I get it. That this is still happening, though. I feel like it should be a little slower, but I guess not for some people. No. Oh, wait. Are we talking so. about St. Patrick's Day or sports parades? St. Patrick's Day, right? Question again? Are, are we talking about St. Patrick's Day or sports parades? Oh, well, both, really. I, I think yeah. they're pretty comparable to me because if you go to Boston, it's. The same crowd, the same mass holes who show up. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's it's pretty similar to me. I couldn't do it. Um, yeah. Respect to those who do. But, yeah, it's going to be a bunch of fucking hungover people tomorrow at work. I guess. Sure. But it's like – you brought up a great point, too, about the weather. I think it's very weather-dependent. can really make – like today, I had no desire to go out day drinking. Obviously outside. It's like 35 degrees out. But I remember last year, maybe the year before, it was a nice, like, maybe 60s out. In mid-March, that's pretty solid. I would take advantage of that opportunity. Um, I remember last year, it was during March Madness, too. It was on a Saturday, which was cool as well. So there's a lot of other things I can factor into it. Um, Really not much going for me this year. It was cold. It wasn't March Madness. It was a Sunday. I have to work tomorrow. Um, Geez, what else? I'm not a big parade guy in general. How do you feel about parades in general? I think they're one of the most overrated things that you could really attend. I, I've been to multiple at this point, and I think they all kind of suck. Because Dude. you're just uh, – well, I guess the St. Patrick's Day Parade is the best one out of the ones I've been to. The other ones were the Patriots Parades where you're just waiting. I, I wouldn't count those. That's different. That's like um, – besides sports championship parades because those aren't like guaranteed. They're not like a set in schedule every year. Well, maybe in Boston there, but they're not necessarily supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know. I I see the Thanksgiving Day parades um, in New York City, and I can't imagine heading down there for super cold weather, uh, maybe the body heat of the the millions of people that show up. But what are you really doing? Like you're, You're standing and waiting for cartoon characters to wave at you for a few minutes, and then that's it. And then... I mean, I guess there's more and more characters, but what do you what do you think people are super excited about to see the most? Like, like, oh, I can't wait to see how big the Mickey Mouse guy is this year. Or well, that's the thing. The I mean, I, I think it. parades in general, especially local, like community parades, are just such a hassle. Like roads are shut down. Um, it can really screw up your daily plans, commute, especially if you don't know what's going on. Like, you never know when they're going to be. Um, some. Sometimes they're stupid as like – I don't know. I, I remember like as a kid, we had like those Halloween parades at school where we would dress up and like, like march around the building and all the teachers would come watch us. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like where did – I don't understand where parades started. I'm sure there's some historical background. But in general, they're just kind of silly to me I think. I, I, I've never really been excited to go to a parade. 
except a sports Same. parade, I guess. But I haven't been to one of those. Um, Same. If, if parades got like permanently abolished, I would be a hundred percent okay with that. I I never have a desire to go on. Yeah. If that, one. I'd honestly like. I wouldn't be upset if like that was just included in like my my paychecks taxes, like to abolish uh, parades. <laughs> yeah. You know, it wouldn't really affect me. Um, I well, can't think of a this. scenario where I would be upset with that. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Did you say earlier that you're not Cambodian? Me? No, I'm not. Okay. Are you Irish? My mom's side is, yeah. Yep. Like, Do you know your, your um, genealogy or your genetics, whatever the hell the word is? Mm, like my, my like ancestry? Yeah. Mm, to a certain extent. So do you feel attached to it at all? St. Patrick's Day? Yeah. Sort of. Have I mean, honestly, I couldn't like, grow I, a beard. No, but like, but that's kind of where I was looking to go. Um, I like, I actually have a legitimate reason to go out and celebrate this. And I just think it's interesting, this parade where people, no matter what ethnicity, no matter what race, no matter what, I mean, you can dress up as a leprechaun and there's people in I don't know, wearing the hat and the uh, gray beards, orange beards, red beards, whatever, and all that stuff. And yeah. is is that, like, bordering on the lines of, like, racist? Because, yeah, like, a I leprechaun isn't – that's a fictional character, right? That's not how people actually – that's not what Irish people look like or dress like or have, so, like, pots of gold. To that question about the fictionality, I've never seen a leprechaun, but I've also – Okay, but – let me ask you this. Okay, let me put it this way. Wouldn't it be racist to call a Irish person like, hey, like you stupid leprechaun, like leave me alone? That's racist, right? It has to be. Ooh, I don't know because – Okay, imagine doing that to a, another colored race. What's comparable to that? Oh. Like what other holiday has a mascot like that? Like me calling you like like shut up Santa Claus or something like that? No. No, that's that's not a that's stupid. That's because uh, I mean that's like a universal <laughs> one. I I don't know, but I mean we're we're getting off track a little bit, and honestly, probably going down a pretty dangerous path uh, with how ignorant and stupid we are talking about this stuff. Um, but anyway, I mean, do you? Let me ask you. You're a perfect example. You're Cambodian. You're clearly not white. Um, clearly not Irish. When you go out for St. Patrick's Day, like in the past, have you gone like the full nine and worn like a hat and a beard and stuff like that? Just to be clear, I, I do resent a little bit what you said because I always <laughs> picture myself like when I go out with you, I just think, mm-hmm. oh, well, we're just a couple of white guys. So right, um, gotcha. Maybe pack that up what you said earlier. Okay, but well, anyways, race aside, um, whatever you consider yourself. And I, I've worn like the big green hat, the the glasses mm-hmm. with the orange beard. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm appropriating anything, but at the same time, if you. If you look at people on Cinco de Mayo and they're wearing the sombreros and the, the beaded necklaces and, and stuff like that, yeah, um, drinking true. margaritas, that's probably the most the most similar Ooh. thing that I could think of. That's and a good one. Some people find that racist, and maybe it is. I, I can't agree. Comment I that. think I totally agree. Um, the equivalent would be yeah, like wearing a sombrero and like like a mustache, right? Yeah, exactly. Right, ordering margaritas. It's probably a bunch of like white privilege, drunk white privileged kids, like slurring like a spanish accent trying to be funny like that's not acceptable any other day of the year right right and unfortunately the only thing that i have to compare that cinco de mayo thing to Mm -hmm. is like 
Remember the the uh, Looney Tunes characters, the the Warner Brothers, like yeah, the um, clearly Hispanic mice. Oh my god, what was his name? Speedy Gonzalez. Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and his cousins and his friends or his cousins. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, that was terrible. That was that's so bad. Racist. And there's so many, dude. If you go back in the vault, um, I I mean, not that I was alive, but like on YouTube and stuff, those cartoons are super racist. Some didn't even like air because there was it was like. Bugs Bunny and like blackface and stuff like that. Like it was pretty bad. Yeah. The speeding Gonzalez is actually probably like the most main is actually pretty mainstream. Like that was on Saturday morning cartoons or whatever. Yeah. And and they still show it to this day. So I guess Mm -hmm. like if you were racist, um, back in the thirties and forties, then maybe other day. I don't know. Yeah. They are pretty funny though. Actually, those guys are hilarious. Yeah. I wish they had a bigger role in Space Jam. Was Speedy Gonzalez in that? I don't know. Not that I can remember. Yosemite Sam uh, was. Yeah. They, Speedy, they he was Looney too. Tunes, right? Speedy Gonzalez? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't because of that reason. But that was like mid-90s. It's not like they make like new episodes. Right. They, I, I hope they work in some some good characters that weren't in the first one. I was into just going to ask you, man. How do you feel about Space Jam Two? That is that all official? Like that's a hundred percent LeBron James. Yeah, Oof. yeah. I, I think that LeBron may have posted something on Instagram. So that's what I finally, thought. I was like, all right. Well, this is now concrete if he's commenting on it. How do you so, feel about I, that? Uh, I, I think the same way that people probably felt about Star Wars coming back in the nineties after it originated in, in the late seventies and early eighties that like, hmm. how could this possibly be redone? Well, and- that that's a little different because how, ha- I mean, that that's, that's actually a lot different and this is actually interesting. So my question about space jam two, and I don't know if you know more than I do about this, is it a remake of space jam or is it like a continuation or a sequel or what? Any, has that been released yet? I think it's a sequel. I, I can't imagine that it's a remake. Well, then that's what Star Wars was. I mean, Star Wars, actually, even more specific with that example, Star Wars released... Are you a Star Wars guy? Yeah, yeah. You are, right? So the ones that yeah. came out first, remember, were episodes four, five, and six. So we knew prequels were coming at one one point or other. That was just good marketing. But I know what you mean. It's like... I mean, there's been a huge resurgence with this, just in, like, Disney, like the Disney movies, whether, yeah. whether it be the live action, which are coming out... Um, we're actually, I think we should actually do a whole separate episode on all these remakes, but um, like the live action remakes or uh, like Ghostbusters and all that other stuff. And more often than not, they really are bad. And what's all, what I think is even worse is like the sequels, like Dumb and Dumber or uh, oh God, like Anchorman awful. 2 or this other stuff. But it's just such an awkward time. Like 10, 15 years later, it's just so strange to release a sequel and expect it to be good it's just all it's i mean all that money is made just on hype right of releasing a trailer and people getting excited and then the movie sucks and it's like all right that was that was a waste of money but i don't know man um space jam 2 is interesting because i know you're a michael jordan guy um how do you feel about lebron transitioning into space jam 2 well are you a space jam guy too definitely a space jam guy definitely an mj guy yeah um I feel like, well, it's weird to kind of assess this movie based off of someone's That's acting true. abilities, but I have, have you seen Trainwreck? Yeah. The Amy Schumer Yeah, movie? that was my LeBron. point. LeBron, I mean, does have a little more acting. I mean, obviously, let's just be honest. Michael Jordan did Space Jam to make money, I'm sure, right. obviously. 
um, and like to promote his brand. LeBron, yeah, he was he was you know he's a he can act, I guess. I just um, I don't know. I'm curious to uh, kind of see how this plays out. Because when did Space Jam come out? Do you have this right in front of you or on your computer? Ninety six. So that was like, was that during his retirement or when he came back? It was. It was the first year that he came back. Like his. Because they kind of played at that back. in the movie too. They kind of like. That's honestly that's basically the plot of the movie. His retirement, right? Um, and they kind of poke fun at his baseball career. But actually, quick side note: Have you seen the thirty for thirty about Jordan in the Barons? Jordan rides Jordan the bus. Jordan rides I think. the bus. Yeah. I saw it a long time ago. I don't remember it. Dude, it's really good. Do you have ESPN Plus? Yeah. This is such a plug for ESPN, who I'm really not a huge fan of. But um, I I think the best thing ESPN's done in recent years is 30 for 30s. And um, that that one was really good. I thought it was really good. And again, we're going all over the place. But as much shit as Michael Jordan gets for his baseball career, what he did was honestly um, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Literally leaving, uh, you could say, the top athlete in the, you know, United States at that time in any of the four major sports and literally just walked into professional baseball and put up relatively respectable numbers for a year or two, literally like off the couch. Yeah, it it is crazy. And then went back and won three more rings. I recently (laughs) was, I was just curious because you've heard about the conspiracy theories as to why he may have done that, right? In terms of his gambling Gambling problems. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, which would really, really suck if that was the the mm-hmm. um, the real reason. But I mean, it's totally possible just because his stories of going to Atlantic City during the playoffs when he had to play the Knicks the next day and like yeah. um, being out super late at night, it, a lot of it does add up. Oh yeah, and, and they touch on that in the documentary too. That's what I like about it. Yeah, they really they talk about his dad's death, um, um, and all that stuff too. But. Um, but yeah, anyway, so let's see. So we went from St. Patrick's Day to Space Jam. Uh, oh yeah, actually we're talking about, we're talking about Speeding <laughs> Gonzalez. But anyway, um, no, Space Jam 2, I'm curious to see what they do with it. If it's like, I don't think it would make sense to make it just a complete remake. Um, obviously, I'm curious, but here's what I'm curious about. Like we just talked about, it. I'm curious to see what happens with, um, like MJ, they played into his retirement. So it was something relatively in real time. You know, I'm curious what they're going to do at that time in two years or whenever they film this, depending on where this whole thing goes in L.A. So with that being said, I say we just jump into sports, man. A lot's been going on this past week since we last released an episode. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in NFL free agency. Um, but let's let's kind of stick on the LeBron train. So right now, dude, I mean, we had, we had Cousin Cammy on the last couple of weeks talking about NBA. We got you on today. I know you're a hoops guy. Um, I, I mean, LeBron is – I know LeBron is officially – Dunzo this year. I mean, he has his own minutes restriction and everything. He's even he's still putting up crazy numbers. What do you think this does uh, for LeBron's legacy? This whole uh, L.A. Lakers chapter so far. I think this first year, if he misses the playoffs, which it definitely looks like he's about to. Oh, I think there's about the twelve games left, yeah, and they're they're too far out to catch. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's Sacramento's the. It's AT. like the Clippers and the Kings are going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think this is a little damning to his legacy because I don't know, on the one hand to me, uh, a theory that I thought was interesting was that maybe the reason that LeBron doesn't care about this season so much was number one, it's, you know, he can kind of throw it away and it was going to take a while to try to 
bring in some quality players and mm-hmm. you know try to get Anthony Davis, yada yeah. yada, Kawhi yeah. Leonard. Yeah. Um, but number two, maybe the reason that he's okay with missing the playoffs this season is because he knows that if he got the eight seed or the seven seed, he'd probably face uh, the Warriors in the first yeah. round and get absolutely waxed. Yeah. And maybe that. You, you think that's worse than legacy. not? You think that's worse than not making the playoffs? I don't think that's worse than wor- making the playoffs. I think LeBron would be more embarrassed by that. that. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You think he would see that worse than not making the playoffs? I think so, just because he's mm. gotten his ass handed to him by them, like for four, five, four out of oh, five years. Oh, that's a good the point. The uh, the Warriors, in in uh, specifically, yeah. Oh my God, dude! They would, and they would, they would definitely do all they could to, to like, honestly, like, 25-point wins four in a row against LeBron the Lakers. Because they're just toying. They're, last year, they were just toying with those Cavs teams the last couple of years. They knew that. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I, I think they definitely would love to embarrass him. Like, yep. they were probably licking their chops when he signed with the Lakers, thinking, like, yep. oh, okay, well, we'll guess we'll see you in the playoffs a little earlier this time and really destroy you. Yeah, but so, here's the I, thing. I've, I've, I've been saying this all year. And again, before before this, remember before he got hurt too. I, I think I think he's he's holding on to that injury as a crutch and an excuse too. I think when he got hurt, they were the four seed, like four or five seed. They're playing well, and then they just absolutely shit the bed when he went out and never really got together when he came back. Um, I, I I mean, before he got hurt, I I honestly saw them making the playoffs and even winning a series or two because. You know, as you know, obviously as Celtics fans and him living in the East the last 10, 15 years, it's just the LeBron factor every year. No matter what happens, he's going to the finals. Like those, I think when fully healthy, this Lakers team should smoke that Cavs team from last year. Yeah, and maybe any uh, other team, you know. Tough, tough to be like, oh yeah, LeBron make, makes it to the playoffs and would get bounced in the second round. I just have a hard time seeing that. So if he was to get there, um, which will be next year at the earliest. Uh, I'm sure he's just biding his time until he can, he can get a better team around him. Because the other funny part was like how many people, how many players on the team have shut it down where they shut down Lonzo for at least a period of time. I think now for the season. Yeah. And then Ingram too. Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Brandon Ingram. uh, I think the, the technical term for it was that he had deep venous thrombosis. And I remember Mm. seeing it on Twitter and this is kind of a sidetrack, but real quick, mm-hmm. someone was like, yeah, so clearly uh, he's not – clearly he's still better than Jalen Brown just because they came out in the same <laughs> draft class. And I was like, okay, better better than Jalen Brown at getting deep venous thrombosis. And then I didn't realize that was a blood clot. So I deleted that tweet. But <laughs> – It doesn't matter. That's still a stupid argument, even if they're both – Yeah, no, they are like – they were like, oh, just he's injury prone, but that's the only thing going against him. And I'm like, ah, I don't see the development coming from him. But either way, the cards fell in LeBron's favor as much as they could between shutting him down, yeah. shutting down Lonzo because of his ankle injuries. And then uh, LeBron can just say, like you were saying, that his injury has just lingered for so long that it, it, he might as well just stop playing, which I don't yeah. understand with him because why does he play some games and not others? If, no idea. If they're just gonna fucking call it quits, basically. Well, that's the thing. Same dude. thing with Anthony Davis thing. Uh, it really makes no sense, and it looks so bad for the league, the team. I don't know. So that's a really good point. I think, you're, dude, you're totally right because like tanking in the NBA is so bad now and so blatant and so like, uh, 
like like it's just such a gray area. Like LeBron theoretically shouldn't be. There's no reason for him to be playing. Um, I mean, outside of obviously, like he's you know he's a contracted player to play these games, but really realistically for LeBron, this is such a waste of time. Like LeBron doesn't play basketball to finish uh, like eleventh or twelfth in the West. Like that doesn't do anything for him. Um, dude, did you see the Pelicans game yesterday or, or over the weekend? The last like minute of that game. Yeah, that was insane. If that was the craziest the thing I've ever that. seen in my life. Like that was almost like, know what it looked like, dude? It looked like the Pelicans were the guys from Space Jam. Like when they got like, their talent like sucked out of them. Like literally, <laughs> like every like a simple inbound play. Everyone looking around. Um, but anyway, before I watch the clip, so just to give some backstory, so. They're playing, like, the Suns, I think, some other team who's totally done, um, who's just, you know, focused on Zion at this point. But anyway, so correct me where I'm wrong here because I don't have the video right in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they were up three with, like, less than, like, three seconds left or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So the Suns were coming down in transition, and you hear the announcers, uh, I assume it was Pelicans' home team announcers, saying, like, okay, I think Josh Jackson had the ball or something. All right, foul, foul which makes sense. They're, with that little time, they'd foul, take two shots just so just to avoid a three-pointer to tie the game. Right? Does that make sense so far? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So they almost literally go out of their way to like, well, first of all, they don't foul, and then they don't play defense, really. And someone gets off a shot. It was, I will say, it was somewhat contested. But anyway, a three-point shot goes in. Now the game's tied. So there's like two seconds left. Neither team has any timeout. I believe the Pelicans call a timeout on the inbound, right? Yep. Don't like obviously don't get it because they don't have one. Then they do like the roll the ball down the court trick to like save time off the clock. But I almost thought they were just gonna get a lightly like, roll out of bounds. It gets to like <laughs> half court. The point guard picks it up, starts dribbling, like is waiting for the timeout to happen. They know they don't have one, so that's a technical. It, it's literally the Chris Webber thing from like from the nineties. They don't have one, so now the Suns shoot free throws. They make it. They win the game, and it's like, what the fuck? And the announcers are just like, don't even. The Pelicans don't even know what to say. It's just like you can't blatantly lose games. Like it's just such like a four. It's like such a hard thing to debate because it's such an unthought of thing. But it's like, if there's no rules in place, like why wouldn't you do that? Like you could like literally just forfeit games, or imagine teams just like deciding to play with like one or two guys at a time. And, like, everyone else just, like, on the sideline. Um, imagine guys, like, on the bench, like, ordering, like, beers and, like, hot dogs from, like, the vendors as they come around, dude. <laughs> or, like, going to take free throws and just, like, punting the ball or something absurd <laughs> like that. But at this point, and this is the other kind of crazy thing, which, you know, kind of comes full circle back to LeBron and the Lakers. The Lakers are at a point now where they're going to have ping pong balls in the lottery. So... Yeah. Believe it or not, dude, like it's it's possible that they're gonna get one of these top talents through the draft. Everything's been talking about via free agency, uh, all this stuff, dude. There's a chance they could get like an R.J. Barrett or a Cam Reddish, or obviously the way the NBA set up, dude. All you need is one ball in there to get the number one pick, right? Is that still how it is, or have they changed? It? Yeah, that, it is. That right, pisses me off so much. So as long as that's you're, crazy, dude. As, I don't yeah, get as how as you that's just the playoffs. You technically have a chance and. I wouldn't put a, I love the NBA, but I wouldn't put it past them to somehow give the Lakers imagine, one of the, the top picks. Maybe not number one, because that would just be what if they ridiculously did? obvious. LeBron, oh God, Zion, LeBron Zion, and a free agent. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> That'd be oh, fucking God. insane. 
But the reason I say that is, again, going back to 30 for 30, have you seen the Orlando Magic one? I don't think I've seen that one. Dude, so it was about like the Orlando Magic as an expansion team. They went back-to-back years getting first picks upon expansion. They got Shaq, and then they got Penny Hardaway. When they got Penny Hardaway, or when they got the second one, I literally think they had like a 4 or 5% chance to get the number one pick. And they got it. And everyone was like, this is kind of sketchy. Like, you're clearly trying to grow this expansion team, blah, blah, blah. Um, But there's just way too many red flags if that were to happen. You know what I mean? It'd just be too crazy. Like, LeBron, Magic Johnson, all this stuff. But the more they lose, I mean, the more justifiable that is. Let me me see. I don't know. Do you have the standings right in front of you? I'm actually curious. I don't. While you're looking that up, um, Mm -hmm. I should bring up, like, that is super ridiculous. So that must have been the year. I could be wrong, but that must have been the year. I think Chris Webber got traded for yep. Hardaway, right? Yes, correct. Correct. Okay, Magic so, to Chris Webber. So then, so then in the LeBron after, involved in something similar to this, where when he left Cleveland the first time, they got Kyrie as the number one pick. Correct. And then I want to say that Anthony Bennett was then the number one pick again the next year yep. by the Cavs. So it's like... What's going on there? How, how could that possibly happen where a team gets the number one pick two consecutive years? I, I get that they were the worst record both times probably or, mm-hmm. or close, so the percentages like do favor them, but that is a little ridiculous where it's like, all right, you guys are like City of Cleveland. You're losing mm-hmm. the biggest athlete in sports right now, so we'll try to make up for it by, yeah, by giving you two number one picks. Yeah, and then but, they still fucked it up with Anthony, Anthony Bennett. Um, but – Okay, so this is so interesting. So the Lakers are 17, 8. Dude, they're like, they're, they're seven games out of the eighth spot. They're th- and, and if the Suns weren't so oh, terrible. Wow. But listen to this, dude. So the, the Suns are 31 and a half games out of first place. Memphis is second to last. They're 20 games out of first place. Dude, the Lakers are 17 games out of first place. The Lakers are three games away from the second worst record in the West. Oh, God. That's honestly like, that's not absurd. And then the other guys below them, and ironically, look at these teams down here. Lakers, and then it's New Orleans, another team who's in this who's just an absolute dumpster fire right now. So, dude, if somehow the Lakers can, can really, like, get together as a team, um, you know, focus on their goals, work hard, and lose out the rest of the year, they have a, they have a chance of getting that second-to-last uh, record in the West. That's so ridiculous. That would piss me off to no end, like... Of all the teams, the mm. Lakers do not need help. They're in fucking Los Angeles. They I have LeBron James. They're if gonna get that somehow doesn't work to the way that you originally planned it to be, then so be it. That's what you get. Like right. people don't. We're the NBA and NBA fans are learning. People don't want to play with LeBron. Paul Correct. George was supposed to go there. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard was supposedly uh, an LA person. Yeah. Um, and that, and I agree with you, man. That's because of that. I, so. I totally agree. And here's the thing: it also, I mean, I think it really all came to light when Kyrie left, like demanded to leave, pretty much. But LeBron, I think LeBron is. I'll put it this way: I don't think anyone wants to play with LeBron for a season. But I think guys like LeBron around, and that's why there's so much over-exaggerated hype on like these All Star break conversations and stuff. Hanging out with LeBron and like doing your thing during All Star weekend is ten times different than being on LeBron's team, playing with them for like a season or like a, or like a putting a, a yeah. dynasty together. Cause dude, you see how he, he is like, he's all, he's always been, he's always had like that notion of being kind of a crybaby, which I get the argument, but I, I still, 
it, it doesn't like deter me from the belief that LeBron James is like a top five player of all time, like a generational player for us. But dude, his, his, his body language is just so bad. Like, especially with these young kids on the Lakers, the late, and here's the thing. I was talking to Cam about this last week. The Lakers are, in my opinion, I I didn't think they were going to be this bad, but chemistry wise, they're exactly how I thought it was going to play out. They're a, they're a ridiculous mix between (laughs) young, young guys who are underachieving and then random vets like Rajon Rondo and JaVale McGee, who like, how is this team supposed to mesh? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, they have a, a few of the biggest locker room cancers in oh the my league God, just in, on it's one insane. team. Between those two, Lance Stevenson. And Lance, exactly, Beasley Lance Stevenson. Point. Holy shit. And it's just like, you know, you bring in LeVar Ball and uh, Lonzo Ball, which actually I will say was much less of a story than I thought it was going to be. That was kind of forgotten about. And actually Lonzo, when he's healthy, he's having a pretty decent year. Um but yeah, I dude. feel like LeBron had to have had like his people, Rich Paul, had and to. the the clutch agency threaten LeVar Ball's life because that guy's to. never been quiet ever, no. and he's in Los Angeles. I, I don't know what happened there, but LeBron definitely put the clamps on him somehow. Yeah, had to. Um, but yeah, I, dude, I, I even going back to like, remember his days in Cleveland? Who were his coaches? In, who was like that white? Um, was it was David Blatt? Like the he was a foreign. He wasn't foreign, but he coached like. You know David Blatt, right? Yeah, he coached the, dude, the European team before coaching them. Dude, he walked all the fuck over that guy. <laughs> like that guy must have been absolutely. Mi- that guy had literally no pull on that team whatsoever, which is fine. He didn't. He didn't really need it, dude. Even like Eric Spolstra, like, yeah. what do you? You don't. Why do you? Th- like, if you're on a team with Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and some decent role players, you don't need a head coach. Like, what are you doing? Right. Like. The head coach is there to make sure, I guess, like rookies like get there on time so they can fill out a court if they need to. But there's some teams you legit you don't need a coach. Like I hate to say it, the war- the Warriors and I like Steve Kerr. The Warriors don't need a head coach. I- no, I don't understand not. why they have one. Like Steve Kerr might as well just play. Steve- I think he'd be. I think he'd be better as the last guy off the bench rather than the coach. How many? I bet Steve Kerr would average seven points in an NBA season. Yeah, he would clearly be the one left open, and he can still hit threes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but- it's, fu- it's funny with LeBron because um, I remember Kevin Durant came out and said that uh, in some like post-practice interview this year, someone asked him about mm-hmm. the idea of playing with LeBron, and he goes, he basically said, there's a little too much drama that's always involved with being on LeBron's team. So, like, I like the guy, and he's he's a great player. That's pretty that's much not really is. for me. Pretty he said is. that um, – LeBron, like you said, walks all over his coaches. Mm-hmm. He he's always quick to throw other people under the bus when mm-hmm. things go wrong, or take credit when things go right. Oh Talks yeah. about himself. Um, oh my dude, that was, to that's, just that's... be in front of the media all the time. And and really, I think the only person who has consistently liked playing with him and uh-huh. would continue being on LeBron's level of um, quality or whatever, but and. You know, they were good friends beforehand, so that played a, a big role in it. But I can't think of another guy who was a star player and was like, yeah, I'd love to play with LeBron. No, man, like, either – and I think that comes down to being self-aware enough to know that. You know, like, I think Chris Bosh jumped on and knew – he was self-aware enough to be, hey, I'm going to ride this train, uh, get a couple rings, put together some decent numbers. Um, but you, you have to be on the same page. And obviously that's why guys like Kyrie were like, you know, this isn't worth my time. I've got my rings – um, what else do I have to do? You know, I hit a game winner against the fucking Warriors to get one of those rings. It's just, it's kind of crazy. I think in general, I think he's a good spokesman for the, nah, maybe not spokesman, but I mean, 
<laughs> he's not a bad guy off the court. He does a lot of good things, no. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but he is just kind of a bitch to play with, I guess. But, I mean, it's like you have to know what you're getting. It's like you take the good with the bad. You're going to win rings. You're going to be high profile. It, it just kind of is what it is. But I'm interested to see how this summer plays out for them, especially if they can work their way into the draft talk as well. That would just be – that would be crazy. Yeah. That that would be nuts. If Zion goes there, I'll be so Oh my angry. god, dude. I don't even know. Speaking of Zion, dude, um, I was gonna talk to you quickly about Tiger, and I think this kinda ties into it too. So I know you're a big Tiger Woods guy. Um sounds like you were following his tournament this weekend a little bit. Yeah, so I, I I've been pretty excited and I, mm-hmm. I legitimately try to schedule my days um yep. if I have extra time off or whatever to try to watch him on Thursday and Friday because he's prepping for the Masters. And now we're coming up on, I think it's about exactly a month to go before the Masters. So yeah. he's got one more tournament left. And he went into um, he went into the second round playing pretty well. I think he shot, uh, I want to say it was two under in yep. the first round, and the leaders were around six or seven under. Mm-hmm. So he goes into the second round, and, and at this um, – the Players' Championship, if you look on Twitter and yeah. you follow any of the PGA-related uh, accounts, all that they talk about is the 17th hole on this course at the Players' Championship because it's got one of those island greens yeah, where yeah, yeah. You're, um, yeah, you're hitting over that, and in between the tee box and the island is just a huge water hazard. Mm-hmm. And um, nice. he played it He played it really well on the first day, and he has, like, Obviously, he's got hundreds of memorable shots, and one of the most memorable ones is he hit this putt that like turned three different directions from about sixty feet away back in '01, yeah, uh, and and sunk that. So, anyways, he goes into the seventeenth hole on day two, and he started on the back nine. So this was his right. eighth hole, whatever the hell that math is. <laughs> he fucking <clears throat> the the whole location day two where they moved it from the edge of the green to the center. Yeah. And I guess the green is the kind of, like, dome-shaped. And so when <laughs> when he hit the shot, he's, you know, when he thinks he hits a good shot, he does a little twirl. Yeah. When he thinks he doesn't hit a good shot, you know it from oh, his yeah. facial expression. Mm-hmm. So the ball's in the air, and you can tell he's like, uh, I don't know about this. And it, it, it must have hit where the green was sloped upwards, bounced straight up, bounced one more time and went into the water mm-hmm. and it, it kind of rolled into the water cl- kind of slowly. So I don't think at first he knew immediately that it had gone in. Then obviously he hears like the oohs and ahs from the crowd behind him. So he takes an option to then drop the ball from like a little drop zone, which ended up being an 80 yard pitch shot. Yeah. Does the same fucking thing where <clears throat> bounces twice and into the water. Long story short, he ends up with a quadruple bogey, which I believe mm-hmm. was the first one of his career and at this point, he had been two shots um, uh, behind the lead, and he was playing really well that day through six or seven holes. Mm-hmm. He comes out of it about six or seven shots off the lead, and that yeah. pretty much ended it. He, uh, I, I watched him today a little bit. He, yeah. he finished the tournament six under, which is pretty good, but yeah. he, he, he was like 10, 10 to 12 shots yeah. off the win pace. So, what, I mean, here, here's what I want to focus on, though, and, and you're right, and... What you said first was, you know, you, you kind of, you planned your day around when he's going to be on. Um, this is almost like more of a business conversation, man, because I think there's only so many of those athletes where they're bigger than the sport, bigger than the event, bigger than any team, really, that has their own fan base and following. 
Um, is I mean, right? I mean, is Ty? Who 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 else is even in that category? Like people, as far as you know, that the phrase is moving the needle, right? And then you hear yeah. guys say, "Well, Tiger is the needle," and that's so true because it's bigger than golf. It's bigger than sports. It's 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 you're just glued to watching this guy. And honestly, not for nothing, going back to what we were just saying about LeBron, he's not the greatest guy off the <laughs> off the course. He's had his fair share of um, controversy and stuff like that. But it's frustrating, man, because like I remember what was it last year? The U.S. Open, where he was in contention on the last day. It was the PGA. PGA, dude. I was on a plane watching that, and it was it was honestly one of like the best sporting event experiences of my life. Because I'm telling you right now, dude, every, it was JetBlue. So everyone on that plane had it on on their TV, and, like, everyone was getting into it. That was awesome. Um, let me ask you this, man. Who else Who else is on that level, in, at least in our lifetime, that um, moved the needle like that and have that big of a draw, would you say? So in our lifetime, I can really only think of a few. And, and when I move the needle i I feel like it's like when these guys are on you literally have to get to your tv because you know especially now in the social media age um when these things happen like if tiger had won that tournament that you were talking about um twitter would blow up yeah and it's that that in itself makes it so fucking exciting for me to follow because it's just um another avenue where people are just like pumped and posting all the videos and whatnot to me right now so tiger is still that guy because if he was to win people would still be tuning in and people yep. still tune in whenever he plays yep. waiting ratings are way much better. Yep. Um, in our generation, I honestly don't think LeBron is in there because as good no. as he is, uh, like when he makes an exciting play, it's just the same dunk over and over. And he's not necessarily known as a clutch player, which is what I think a lot of people like to watch. So LeBron's yeah. not in it. I would say, I would say that Curry Steph. Yeah in it because when he goes off or he has one of those crazy quarters especially when he first really started blowing up which i want to say is around the 2012 2013 season yep. i remember that's when the warriors first started coming on national tv and people were like oh all right this is the dude from davidson who had a pretty yeah. memorable run and it was like uh skinny dude not athletic couldn't jump wasn't very fast could just shoot lights out from anywhere limitless range and when he first started doing that with the warriors it was like this dude can regularly drop 20 points in a quarter all by himself. Yep. And it doesn't matter who's on him. You just give him the ball. Like, and he can the shoot, and he can shoot from half court. Yeah. And it's not like weird. <laughs> he can shoot from anywhere. So literally unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So whenever he's going off or I see that there's something on Twitter about either yep. him or Clay Thompson to a lesser extent, he's just not as like consistently Well, good. dude, I, I was just going to say the Warriors in general. I mean, it's like, especially during that 73-9 and uh, nine season. Um, yeah. that was like must-see television because you didn't know who was going to go off on any given night. And yep. you nailed it with Clay. Clay would, dude, Clay Thompson is like the most sporadic like player in the end. He could, there's nights where he's literally the best player of like a generation when he just doesn't miss and scores 35 points in a quarter. Um, and then there's nights where he's like, you know, you know, 12 and six or something like that. But, um, but yeah, Curry was good. That was definitely different. Uh, I'm going to throw one out there, and I just thought of this. This was very short term, but dude, Jeremy Lin, I think, was on that level when he had his run, too. Oh, yeah. He he was definitely an appointment-level TV. You had like, to, like, watch to see what he was going to do. That blew up for that blew up for a few weeks, but it was so big where all the New York newspapers had Lin Sanity, Lin Sanity. On, the, on the 
on the front page. That yeah, that was huge. It was almost Anything like that I feel like has a viral uh, quality to it is what I think you and I are talking about. Which... Vi- that's the that's the key, and that's obviously a, a a generational thing. Obviously, that wasn't the case with early Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan or you know whatever John Elway stuff like that in the nineties. Um, right. It, it, you're right, dude. It's it, it stemmed from Twitter, and it's like, all right, what happened last night? What time is he playing tonight? What is he going to do? Um, remember uh, Jimmer Fredette when he had his oh, yeah, run in yeah. college? Teach that was me fun. Had a Jimmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, Jimmer was good. Um, I think Did, it also. De- Go ahead. I I got a couple. So um, I think the home run race between McGuire oh, and Sosa. Yes. That, if that, that took place awesome. during the social media age would be oh my God, ridiculous. Yep. I mean, it was crazy enough back then. That was 1998 without the internet. So here's the thing. And then, I uh, think a lot Barry of it... Bonds, when he was on his race, when yeah. ESPN would just cut to him every single at-bat to see if he would break the record. And I was like, Bonds yeah, watch, I'm not a Giants much. fan, yep. but I became a Bonds fan, even though he is kind of an asshole to the media. I became a Bonds fan because he was so... He was electric. Like, every time, if he wasn't getting walked, he was hitting it out of the park. So Yeah, you, he, you had... There's players like that where you have to change the game around them. Like, you had to change how you pitch to Barry Bonds. Um, yeah. You have to change how you scheme up a defense against Steph Curry or, you know, Tiger Woods. I mean, you have to literally change your day around what, what's a priority as far as what you're going to watch. Know what, dude? Yeah. I'll th- I'm going to throw out The Rock in wrestling as well. Monday nights when, like, The Rock and, like, Stone Cold were at their peak, that was much-watched television, too. Yeah, I would get him on the microphone. I mean, you didn't you didn't want to like if you were a wrestling fan at the time, you didn't want to go to school on Tuesday and not be able to talk about Monday Night Raw. Absolutely. I think um, no one in wrestling has had the career. I I think Stone Cold is pretty good. I think The Rock just takes a cake. He's always considered like the best on the mic ever. And you were a bigger wrestling fan than me. But now I watch those old clips and I'm like, oh, it's hilarious. He was hilarious. Because um, here's the thing about wrestling, dude. It's like, it's not, it's not all in your control. Like who's a better wrestler? Like it's scripted. So the reason, the way you're a successful wrestler is by selling yourself and like selling your character. That's that's really it. You know what I mean? Um, right. And he he just did that to a T. And now obviously he's super successful in every other aspect of his life. Um, but no, that that truly was electric. Uh, but you, dude, the home run race was was so good. You nailed that. Could you imagine like? Um, yeah, tweets going back and forth, like Sosa here, Maguire there. Granted, they were both juiced up out of their mind on steroids. Um, but the, right. but that was like, that was must-watch TV. And what I was saying before is I think it, it obviously a lot of it depends on the sport too because you brought up mm-hmm. LeBron. You know, Tiger doesn't really have anyone else on an equal field to compete with, really. Right. You know, LeBron, you know, everyone out there can virtually, if they want to, do what LeBron does at this point. Um, Tiger is just like, it, it's not going to happen. I mean, his backstory is just too unique. Um, and I think this big comeback really helped a lot too. I mean, now people are, I, I almost think there's people, there's more, there's new people jumping on the Tiger bandwagon because they heard about Tiger through his off field, um, you know, mishaps and stuff. And now they're following his comeback before you had to, well, you didn't have to be a golf fan, I guess. Um, but I think he's just, he's just captured a, a, a new audience now, um, which is really cool to watch, man. I would love nothing more. Dude, all, all I care about is just seeing him in contention on Sundays. Like, that is just that, – that's all I care about. I, I don't know if he's going to win another major. Um, but, dude, if, he, if, if he's wearing 
red shirt, black pants Sunday at the Masters, that is like where I'll, you can't justify watching anything over that. I can't think of another sporting event that would supersede that. Yeah, absolutely. You know what Dude. I mean? Him, him marching down the, um, the yep. last last win of last season where he finally like completed his comeback, that was straight out of Happy Gilmore. And that was Dude. so like throngs of people, probably, I don't know what the number was, but it must have been thousands of people walking behind him. And then even Rory, Rory McIlroy, who was in that final group pairing with him, was like, all right, I'm going to, uh, I normally would just make this walk with you, but I'm going to sprint ahead and yeah. let you have this moment because yeah. n- no one... No one commands that kind of attention like he does. And I don't know. I, I think he's just on his own other level. Mm-hmm. The only other person or situation that I think would be cool in this age besides the home run race was um, Jordan coming out of retirement the first yeah. time. Oh, I think dude. That so speaking of that, I just saw crazy. on. Yeah, dude. I just saw on Twitter today. Someone, I think I retweeted it, but someone posted like an old video. It was like the intro to NBA on NBC. And it was like Bob Costas' little intro with Jordan at the free throw line. It was his first game back. Like, oh, it, it, it was, it, it's insane. Like, that, that was must-watch television. NBA on NBC. Like, the, that, um, the marquee game. Yeah, that intro, oh, like, gives me... So fire, dude. Yeah. Untouchable. Goosebumps, erections. <laughs> you name it. Speaking of moving the needle. <laughs> and a goosebumpy erection. <laughs> yeah. Moving the ultimate needle. um but all right guys if you're listening um i'm sure we've missed people man hit us up in the the email hit us up on the the social media threads we'll put this out later but uh athletes who move the needle who become must watch television right now man i'm excited to see what tiger does let's uh let's look into wrapping this up i know we're going a little over in sports um i don't want to get too much in without shawnee o because i'm sure he wants to hit on all this pop culture bullshit that's been going on this year with aunt becky and all this (laughs) other stuff dude but um let, let, let's wrap up here. I know I spoke with you earlier, dude. You had some fast food thoughts that you wanted to get out to the general public, and I'm excited to hear them. Hell yeah. You're and, a big uh, fast food guy, aren't you? You really are. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fast food guy, but I'm definitely very opinionated on, on okay. you know, things that I get. Okay. And I've had these conversations with some close friends who are mm-hmm. equally opinionated, so sure. I'm going to have them listen to this because okay. I, I got some things to get out. So I'm going to let you go first, though. So what? my question okay. is, um, uh, of the fast food burger chains, so McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, and I threw in five guys. I don't know if that really counts. Oh, yeah. But, okay. All right. So we'll throw those four in. Rank those in terms of your favorite, just favorite restaurant, and then secondarily, which restaurant has um, the best burger? Interesting question. Um, I'll say this, dude. I, they've, and again, I think this is a big social media thing, but they've been getting a lot more like openly publicly competitive with each other too, which is pretty cool to watch. Um, oh, I love when they fucking roast each other on Twitter and stuff. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's, it's like so strange. It's honestly why is, like why is I picked. I picture like Ronald McDonald like sitting back on his phone tweeting like the chick from Wendy's like about all this stuff. <laughs> or like I, I Dave Thomas. It's dude, it's what a time to be alive. Um like, so are we like talking if our president's gonna be tweeting that I guess McDonald's can tweet too. Oh yeah, that's a good call. McDonald's got some big exposure at the White House. Probably for all the wrong reasons. I wonder how that, that decision came about. Like when, when Donald Trump had like the fast food for the teams. What made him choose McDonald's? <laughs> I wonder if he got like a like a wholesale deal or something. Oh, I know. 
I know the reason if you want to know. I, I don't know, so yeah, tell me. Okay, he loves Big Macs. Mm. Like, big, Big Mac big guy. Mac guy. <laughs> big Mac Don. <laughs> Donald Mac Trump. <laughs> Donald Mac Truck Trump. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Well, that's weird. Weird know. story. It, it, that is weird. I don't. I definitely don't want to go on a side tangent down that road. But that was okay. that was just so bizarre to see, dude. And honestly, <laughs> dude, I was, go ahead. Go ahead. He also was like making it a big deal that he, um, you know, paid for that himself. Granted, it was thousands of dollars, but also you're the president and. Uh, a certified billionaire beforehand, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But he made sure to mention that and emphasize it in the tweet. So I thought yeah, that was but funny. it's like it made me think because I I never thought of this until that day. Like, is is the dinner a big part of those White House visits? I never I thought about that aspect of the that. visit. I had never considered that, and and I guess like it's not a story until you fuck it up by using McDonald's instead of like. Serving a steak dinner or something like that. Well, it's be, it, it's it's because I think he was trying to make a, emphasize the government shutdown, right? right. And they didn't have like their government fucking chefs or something. But I honestly saw that on Twitter, and I, I I assumed it was a joke, like a parody, like Photoshop or something. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny, I guess. Um, and then it was real, and it's just like, how do you appropriately respond to that? Because it's like, it's almost like going to your friend's house for dinner and then like bitching about the food. You know what I mean? It's it's like, you know, you have this honor, you're, you're going to the White House. I'm wondering if they knew about it beforehand. Imagine if they didn't, and, like, they just got there. Like, who, who was it? It was Clemson football, but who was the professional team? Or was it just Clemson football who went? I think it was just Clemson football. Okay, that's different because they're college kids. But, dude, imagine, like, fucking, like, Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman, like, walking in for dinner in, like, suits and ties and seeing, like, a display of filet of fish and like french fries on the table <laughs> and be like what kind of bullshit is this <laughs> or like what kind of like good shit is this dinner that's going on right now um but anyway that that's beyond that's Dude, besides the or point. if they get there <laughs> yeah real quick if, if yeah. they get there and um trump's too busy or he's like really tired so they get there and the vice president comes out and he's like yeah sorry guys um the president's President's got to take a nap, um, so we figured, you know, maybe to speed things up a little bit, we do have gift cards if you'd like, and uh, if you'd like to take a, a, a self-guided tour, feel free, but here's a few gift cards. The, yeah, they, they get like a like a White House like gift card to come back at any time, and like, like they get like a, or like a, like a punch card with like different rooms they can punch off and visit at their convenience. And there's like um like a photo booth like at weddings, <laughs> or or like a clown, <laughs> like a magician. Oh or I'm picturing like, all right, guys, everyone gets a hundred dollars to the White House uh, like gift store, <laughs> like a Dave and Buster's like Game Pass card. <laughs> like they walk in and it's just like a, I honestly picture like, have you seen Billy Madison? Yeah. Like, the outdoor, like, birthday parties they have set up with, like, <laughs> papa shots and, like, clowns and, like, um, I don't know, like, chocolate fucking strawberry fountains you can do it yourself with. Trump's just on a pool float, like, in that, uh, <laughs> in that huge, you know, near yeah. the Washington yeah, yeah, market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, to go back to your, your question, so I think it's a valid one. Um, so, ranking-wise, you're talking about just overall, first question is overall just 
restaurant experience menu in general? Yeah, so first question, mm-hmm. overall restaurant. Second question, rank them in order of, you know. Best burger? Uh, burger. Well, honestly, I'll be honest. I really don't, not to sound like whatever, but I really don't eat a lot of fast food. Um, but when I do, Fair. I think overall food-wise, I, I like my choices at McDonald's the best. I, I, I'd do this. I'd go McDonald's, Wendy's, over five guys, but barely, and then Burger King. Because I just don't like Burger King at all. I think it stinks. And honestly, wow. probably same rankings for burgers. Maybe flip-flop. Um, actually, you know what? Fuck it. I think Wendy's has a really good burger. It's an underrated burger, I think. Um, so I'd go Wendy's, McDonald's, Five Guys, and Burger King. For the, for the burger question. Yeah. I, I do like Wendy's. I think Wendy's is a very underrated. And they really don't change. They haven't done, they aren't aggressive, as aggressive, I think, with their menu as like McDonald's. Burger King's probably, well, I don't know, because now, dude, McDonald's, they have like smokehouse sandwiches and like all this. They're very aggressive about new things on their menu. Wendy's, for the most part, it's kind of, you know, their, their, their biggest differentiator, I think, is they focus a lot on like they have a baked potato and chili in their salads and stuff like that. Besides that, man, they've been pretty, pretty bread and butter menu. Um, McDonald's and Burger King, from what I see, they've been kind of going back and forth with, uh, with like these new creative sandwiches and stuff. Yeah. They do the whole breakfast thing too, which, uh, Oh, that's a good well, point. I do like McDonald's breakfast. McDonald's breakfast is phenomenal. It is. Have it you is. had a, a McGriddle before? Yeah. Those are incredible. Oh my God. Dude. I think we've had one together actually. It's basically a pancake sandwich pretty much. Yeah. Ugh. It is ridiculous that they take the bread part and just, just dunk it in syrup. Fuck it. But it I is know. phenomenal. Those are pretty good. What do, what do you think? So, okay. Um, I I agree with you for the most part. Okay. So, the overall restaurant, I go McDonald's first, and it's not yeah. even close. I love McDonald's. I, I, think, I, I think I agree. Yeah. Good Dude, experience. Their, their smell is just so iconic. I ah, love the smell of their fries. So, yeah. McDonald's first. I think I go Wendy's second. Um, mm. They got a lot of good food, good nuggets, good burgers, like you yep. said. Um, five Guys second because they have really great fi- fries, Excellent too. fries. Uh, I but I will say this, though. I don't, five Guys isn't like quite as fast food, though. It's not as fast. There's a little right. more that goes into it. Yeah. Which is... And know. they got those... Um, I don't like that they serve peanuts. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. A, keep keep that out of my fast food restaurants, please. <laughs> Seriously, dude, lose the peanuts <laughs> and like give me like you know maybe in, you know thirty seconds less on my wait time, and I'd, I'd be happy. Yeah, Jesus, that would be great. Yeah. Um, and then in in order of burger, I I go the same. I go McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Burger King. Hate Burger King. Yeah, it's really trash, I, dude. It's just yeah, not, not a good product. Um, Absolutely garbage. Random thought. You know, like those, like do it yourself, like froyo, like um, orange leaf and stuff, where yeah. you just grab a cup and like pretty much do all the work that an employee should be doing. Um, imagine if they had oh, that yeah. at like other restaurants. Like, there's just this big, like long, like s- skillet, and you just grab your beef patty, you just throw it on, <laughs> like flip it yourself. <laughs> Add like whatever you want for toppings, like onion rings, French fries, bacon, whatever. And then you just like bring it to like a self serve kiosk and check out. Uh, okay. Well, now I'm picturing like <clears throat> someone doing that, and, mm. but then, but then like they've got all the time in the world. So imagine, imagine you showing up before me 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you're there taking all the time in the world. You've got like, mm-hmm. I'm picturing you with like your cell phone wedged in between your shoulder and your head. And you're just having a casual conversation, mm-hmm. like taking the time to make sure the burgers cooked to absolute perfection mm-hmm. and like holding up a line of people behind you, how ridiculous that would look. Yeah. You'd have to like, or, or you could break it up in sections, like how you like your burger cooked to somewhat organize like the speed a little bit. That'd, that'd be a good solution, I think. I'm honestly picturing, like, yeah. one of those, like, co-op, like, workspaces. <laughs> like, like, just individual, like, griddles and skillets and the grills where you can, like, <laughs> make your own food. Uh, okay, so I have a hot take. Nice. I think that McDonald's burgers, and I'm going to say cheeseburgers, mm-hmm. and I do love the Big Mac. Well, I'll stick to cheeseburgers because that's yep, easier yep. to try to replicate. I think McDonald's cheeseburgers are easily the best out of those four restaurants. Yeah, and I, agree. I also think that no matter what uh, outdoor cookout, barbecue, yep. whatever fucking house party I've been to, I have never, ever had a burger that was as good as a McDonald's cheeseburger. Hmm. Thoughts? Because you, yeah, you I guess. like to make burgers at home, right? Yeah, I do. Um, See, I don't, I don't hmm. mind them, but I never do it because I'm like, nothing tastes as... You know, it's fakely warm and soft and, and moist, but yeah, I guess. that McDonald's cheeseburger is fire. It really is, dude. And like, it's so I'm awesome. going to find it very difficult not to make a run this evening after we get off this call. <laughs> Fuck. Dude, the cheese is melted on perfectly. The bread is warm. It looks all like... Okay, like, okay. I have one for can. you. No, I, I agree. I, I just want to get this out because we're running up on time. So Ari and I went to a restaurant over the weekend. Like, not a fast, like a, a sit-down restaurant. Um, not a chain, just like a whatever restaurant. And we each got burgers and I was eating it and I was like, this is really good. Like very, one of the best ones I've had in quite some time. And I realized, I think a really underrated difference maker on a good burger. And this goes back to grilling too. Um, Mm -hmm. is, is if you do the bun, right? A dude, I think a toasted lightly buttered bun is like a game changer. Like a, like a nice light. Like, you can tell when it's toasted or not. And, like, those guys, those unsung heroes at cookouts who will, like, throw the bun on the grill for, like, 10, 20 seconds towards the end can, I think, make or break, like, an entire, honestly, an entire cookout experience. Oh, they're the real MVP. Dude. I've always, I'm a, I'm, I'll be honest with you, now that, like, I'm getting closer to being a dad and stuff, I'm, like, deathly nervous about, like, transitioning into that role of, like, being a grill guy. That's, those are... Talk about big shoes to fill while Shawnee O's oh, in yeah. Canada. Like, I'm, I'm just thinking back to, like, experiences like family cookouts and stuff. Dude, like, I'll be honest. First thing I'm doing, or even if it's, like, a new, like, I'm going to, like, one of Ari's friends. Dude, first thing I'm doing is getting a pair of eyes and doing a once-over of the guy on the grill. And you can tell, you know, you, it's not hard to tell who, who, who should be there and who shouldn't. I was about to say, it's, it's pretty easy to, to spot a first-timer. Dude. Like, if I was on it's the grill, ha- Well, it's hard you. with, like, peers. It's hard with friends or people in the same age group. If I go to some sort of, like, birthday party and I see a, a, a seasoned dad on the grill, jean shorts, mm, red socks, red socks, snapback hat, but not, like, a cool snapback hat, uh, a nice open Heineken bottle on the side table, like, let's anything? fucking go, dude. Like, keep it, keep, keep it on. Keep them flaming, <laughs> and I'm here to have a good time, dude. You just got that guy chained up, like you're not dude, going anywhere. But those Don't those guys, a good a good guy on the grill doesn't want to leave. He'll grill all fucking day. 
Like they just put, they'll open like packages and packages of hot dogs and burgers and they'll cook so much goddamn food and it's just, it's just where <laughs> they belong. You know what I mean? That's it's like when you talk about like natural born athletes, I think some guys are just natural born grill guys. And honestly, I'm not one. I've, I've never been a good grill guy. I've never had really desire to take over that, that responsibility. Um, yeah. But man, it's just, it's, it's, as we get closer to summer, man, we, we need to get a good grill dad on the show. And really, like, have a sit-down, one-to-one interview to not only give them the respect they deserve, but to really hear, like, the story of what makes these people the way they are. Like, like going into, like, the mindset of a champion. Yeah, so be, hey, 30 for 30. Again, <laughs> everyone listening, if you want to nominate um, a grill guy to get on the show, I mean, we'll have, you know, we'll have our first round of interviews to really narrow it down to the top, at least, like, two or three quality candidates. Um, and maybe have the ultimate grill master on here, but it's, uh, it's a lifestyle. It's, uh, it's something to be proud of and God bless you. Seriously. Dude, it's the only way you know to what look I picture at it. When I picture a grill guy is, um, that scene in, in major pain where, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Where yeah. I think, I think what's happening is he's about to go away or mm. like maybe he, I can't fucking remember out of the movie, but basically what happens is. He's somewhere where he's kind of alone. He's sitting on um, – he's at the train station, and he's watching the train go by. Mm-hmm. And on the other side is um, – <clears throat> on the other side of the train tracks is a family that's grilling. It's like a, a mom, a dad, yep. and a kid all having a good time. Basically, you, Ari, and your future son. Sure. Um, they're all having a good time. And he's, like, wishing that it was him. And then as the train goes by, uh, <laughs> it's him – it's him, uh, the girl that he was pursuing, and the son. I think he's doing something stupid on the grill, or someone comes over and tries to fight him. Yeah. So he like, he, he like maybe defends himself with a spatula. But yeah, grill guys was are that, a um, very, very specific breed of, of human. That was Hillary from Fresh Prince, right? Yeah. So dude, I totally get what he was. Oh yeah, I, dude. I understand. She was a smoke. Um, I. Hmm. And then I, I mean, I, I, I think that. I think Ashley was hotter, but. I think she was too young at the time to like justify that argument. Yeah. Ah, man. Um, well, I mean, I don't attractive. know. I, I think I, I like, this is going to sound weird, but I like Hillary's hair. Yep. Dude, all the, <laughs> um, um, the, like the, the, not side story, but the, the, like part of the season with, um, the stories about Hillary and Trevor were so fucking good. <laughs> died in, he died in like a bungee jumping accident, right? Yeah, on the live news. <laughs> like they're watching it and then they hear him splatter. <laughs> Dude, I forget like what context it was in, but when Will's trying to like, um, you know what I'm talking about, like when Will's trying to like get her back to like, I don't know, like appreciate Trevor, just runs up to her. Trevor. <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> Whispering in her ear. Yeah. Oh, dude. That all right? We we we're running up on time, but we definitely got it. We'll get on a separate episode with um, our favorite families from the TV sitcoms of our generation. But I, I can't. I don't. There's some shows where it's like you know you can turn it on and there's like a bad episode and you change off. There's really not a bad episode of Fresh Prince that I can remember. No. Or never. like every every show hilarious. is due to film at least like one dud or a handful of duds. Dude, they just they must have come to production. And it's just like, you know, we're, we're here to pursue excellence. Like we can't take mediocrity as non-option. Like let's go to work. And they just got it done. 
it is really crazy how they hit a home run with every fucking episode. Mm-hmm. No other show has done that, I don't think. Dude, like, they would. They every w- episode had at least a few funny clips. And they would have the best. They would have the perfect balance of like you know they know when to tug at your heartstrings. They know when to um, teach a lesson, right? They even went into like some. Um, um, obviously, it was a primarily you know African American cast, so they went into some like you know social justice lessons, stuff like that. It, it's it's just I mean it's definitely in the goat talk for sure. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, so again, we have Shawnee O back in back in the states later this week. Uh, make sure you check us out um, on our Facebook group, the Best Podcast, thebestcast.com. Uh, make sure you follow me, follow Soapy. Soapy, thanks for filling in for DJ Shawnee O. Um, I think we got some good stuff coming up. Uh, what else? You want to leave our guys with anything? Uh, anything on your mind? To join the discussion, connect, and learn more, follow Best Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Online at thebestcast.com. A podcast created by friends with friends for friends. Best.